The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome to, once again to Open House with Team Rima. I'm Reba Haas with Remax Metro East Side, And I'm Eric Osses here from Home Street Bank. And today, we're energized. Right. We're so full of energy right now. We're just, we're just jumping up and down. <laughs> we're, we're electric here Why today. are we so full of energy, though? Because we have Andy Waffler here. Yes, we do. Yeah, welcome, Andy. Hey, good, good well, afternoon. I will say good morning. Yeah. That's not, <laughs> yeah. A, that's not a good sign right there. <laughs> well, you probably want to mention that uh, he's with Puget Sound Energy. Andy is the Vice President of Corporate Affairs for Puget Sound Energy, and he's going to be with us today talking about Energize East Side, right? Absolutely, and and energy efficiency and other things kind of yeah. going on in your house. Yeah. Well, I know th- the main reason I specifically had asked PSE about having you come on was because as my work in the chamber, uh, so I'm on the board of directors of the Renton Chamber, and so I get engaged in a whole lot of different uh, issues that are going on, and I've sat through three different meetings that are about Energize's side. So I wanted to make sure we had you on. But before we get to all that fun energizing stuff – we're going to get into our first segment like we normally do. We're going to do a little market update on the mortgage markets and then also a little and bit of the real estate. estate. Yes, yeah. yes. And there's nothing to not be energized about with rates either. They're still very, very good. We have a little bit of upward pressure this week, though. And uh, the uh, mortgage markets follow the bond market. The bond market follows the stock market. And as a general rule, when stock prices are up, interest rates will follow right along. At least that's the trend right now. Uh, But with that said, we're still looking very, very good. The national average for a 30-year fixed rate conforming conventional loan is right around 3.82%. Still fab. Still fab. 15-year loan, we're right around 3.08, so just a little bit above 3%. FHA loans averaging 3.35%, up about 10 basis points from where we were last week. Yeah, but still phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. And uh, jumbo 30-year fixed rates still hovering around 3.625%. Nice. So it's, it's very good. Uh, all your, your mortgage officers out there are very, very busy right now with people refinancing. You know, so, uh, so lots of activity going on like that. Folks taking advantage of their home prices, which are rising. You yeah, know, as long as those refis don't get in the way of my closings. There you go. That's absolutely <laughs> That's absolutely all I got to say. Right. That's right. <laughs> to the back of the bus, Betty, while That's I get my closing right. done. Yep. On the, <laughs> on the bigger economic picture, today and tomorrow, the Federal Reserve Open Market Committee is meeting, uh, chaired by Janet Yellen and 12, uh, well, excuse me, five uh, Federal Reserve Board governors. And uh, the consensus is that uh, they'll make an announcement tomorrow on interest rates. We don't think they'll do uh, any increase to rates at this point. Just still a little bit too much weakness in the economy out there for that to happen. Uh, The bet is that we will see one additional interest rate increase this year. At least today, that's the conventional wisdom. Mm -hmm. Look for that in June and probably a quarter of a percent seems to be the consensus at this point. Put a little dampening on your summer fun, huh? I know. Right right when we're in the heart of all the 
major closings Home and whatnot. Home buying uh, season. Yeah, the frenzy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But we can we can handle that. It won't yeah. be uh, necessarily a quarter point increase to mortgage rates. It will most likely uh, affect things like uh, home equity loans, home equity lines of credit, car loans, credit cards possibly. Anything that's tied mm-hmm. to prime rate you know, is susceptible to that increase in the federal funds rate. Uh, not always necessarily mortgage rates. Right. So, so okay. we'll keep an eye on that. Well, and, uh, still talking about frenzies, though. It's still a frenzy on the real estate side of things. Yeah, tell us. It's just been nuts. We uh, We had some of the recent numbers come out at the uh, Northwest Multiple Listing Service, of which all of us residential agents are a member, because that's where all of our data comes from, right? We all input all of our listings in there. And uh, no different than uh, last fall when we were discussing some of these numbers, we continue to have some pretty uh, extreme shortages of inventory. So if you're thinking about selling right now, phenomenal time. Absolutely phenomenal time. Um, I'm looking at some of the major market areas within kind of Seattle and East Side. Uh, Area 140, which is uh, primarily West Seattle. Right. They're currently at 0.84 months of inventory. Wow. They're Less than <laughs> a month under of a inventory. Month. And there's, what's a healthy number? Six months? Uh, yeah. Four to six months is considered a more balanced type of market where, you know, maybe buyers and sellers are kind of coming okay. in at roughly the same place sure. um, for negotiation. Um, but this obviously puts sellers really in the hot seat of saying, you know. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they could say no to a lot. Um, but so that just happens to be West Seattle, which is a really busy market area and has a, a fair dense amount of, of housing. But some of the other ones in North Seattle, uh, Area 705, which for most people is uh, north of the canal and going all the way up to 145th Street, Mm -hmm. but west of I-5. That also is under a month. It's at 0.97. And uh, it has grown. um, The percent change in median price in the last year, 18.48%. Wow. That's what this shortage of inventory does. Yeah. And I should go back to the West Seattle one. That went up 14.12%. So we've got some pretty intense um, cost pressure going on, too. So the fact that we still have really nice low interest rates, I think, is great for buyers because you need as much buying power as possible right now because of what's going on. One of the ones that will really throw you off is Area 710, and that's everything on the north side but east of I-5. Now, this is probably impacted by certain types of properties being sold, but um, they're at 1.4 months of inventory, and that went up uh, 42.41%. I think there's some things that are impacting that there's probably some individual sales. That's not nearly as dense a residential area as Area 705 is. In fact, that's one of the reasons uh, you'll ever see uh, a huge pile of real estate agents always focusing on kind of the Wallingford, Fremont, Ballard, Crown Hill. Most people go for that area because there's so many more houses right, available to right. them to sell. You know, if you go into Magnolia, it's a it's a minority, you know, kind of section. There's only little parts that can be sold there. Same thing, Queen Anne. It's a very limited amount of uh, geographic territory. So um, people tend to kind of concentrate. And that's another reason why West Seattle also is is kind of busy because it just has more houses available. Makes right? sense. Yeah. Um, but on the east side... We have the same kind of pressures applying. We don't necessarily, because the price points are a little higher. Um, a little it, higher? Yeah, just a little. <laughs> well, yeah, I should say that the uh, the median price in February in that area, 705 for people buying over there, they may not believe this, but it was uh, 
let's see, for 2016, well, let's, let me put it this way. It jumped from 560 last year to 663,500. Wow. Median wow. price, right? Uh, area seven, 710, this is why it made such a big uh, percentage jump. Last year had a median price at 474. Yeah. It's currently 675. Wow. Wow. So North Seattle, but, but east of I-5. East of I-5. Correct. And then um, going over to the east side, Area 520, which is, as you can imagine, uh, kind of in the 520 corridor, also close to downtown, also most expensive areas. So this is most everything west of 405. Sure. Downtown to, over to Maidenbauer Bay and whatnot, and including Clyde Hill. That area has 2.87 months of inventory, but it's up 13.27% in prices. And so its current median price there is $1.75 million. And actually, just today, I have a few clients who are all looking over in that area, and uh, I just saw $1.15 million remodel which, <laughs> tear, which, which, tear down project. Which, which gets you what? It gets you like a three-bedroom, bath-and-a-half Wrangler, something like that, yeah. Somewhere in the long line. <laughs> something like yeah, that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the largest area over on the east side um, in terms of volume of homes was Area 640, and they had 205 sales already in February. They have 1.96 uh, months of inventory, but they're up 24.64%. Oh, my gosh. On wow. pricing. So they just jumped from last year's median at this time of 593.7 to 740,000. Is there meeting? Interesting, interesting. And that's just for residences. That's not necessarily right. counting condos and right. any of that. So a lot of intense stuff going on. If people want any specific details about their area, they can always reach me at info at teamreba.com. We're happy to send these reports out, let them see what's going on sure. in their area. Or tweet you at Team Reba. Correct, yes. You can direct message me or just uh, you know send me a quick tag on there. But, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff going on. We're, we're pretty uh, – Intensely busy in my office. I'll tell you that we're actually we're hiring right now. I'm still, you know, I'm working to bring a couple new people on my team because we've just been that busy. Yeah, same same here. We're seeing lots and lots of purchase activity going on out there, and and some buyers are getting a little bit frustrated as they've made mm-hmm. offers on on one, two, three, five, seven, nine houses. Oh yeah, I've talked to and, some offices uh, where it's common for twelve to fifteen offers right. for their clients. I'm you know, knock on wood, I've well, three. Is the yeah, max for my yeah. clients. Right, right. But you've, you've got to be willing to problem solve and find unique ways of finding property. Yes, absolutely. Finding, finding those, those angles and also um, hopefully, you know, sellers out there, if you're selling, it's a great time to sell. But mm-hmm. work with your buyer. You know, let's all work together. We got a seller that wants to what? sell. We've got a buyer Not that wants to around. buy. slap them around? What? We're seeing a lot of <laughs> slapping around going on out there. There's a little bit of slapping around. Well, you yeah. know what? If you prep your house properly, there's no mm-hmm. reason to slap anybody around. No, that's true. If you have your house in you know junky condition, and then you want to slap people around, yeah, that may not go so well. Well, it's it's more um, it's more the the time frames or the the expectations because everything is busy. It still takes time to finance. You know, for a few months now, we've been talking about TRID on this mm-hmm. on this program. And uh, TRID adds timelines. It adds waiting periods to our, our home financing process. And so things just generally take a little bit longer. So just because there's a line of people, you know, to purchase your home, unless they're sitting there with, you know, a suitcase of money, it still will take a little bit of time 
uh, to put that transaction together. So in some cases, oh, yeah. they are sitting there with a suitcase of money. Sometimes so. they are, but but in <laughs> yeah. general, you know, we're seeing some pretty interesting cases where cash doesn't always win out, mm-hmm. and it's because somebody with That's their good. financing can try and and beat those numbers. Right, but, exactly. You know, it's it's an interesting marketplace. Oh, most definitely. So, I know we've already covered most of this segment with uh, what we've been uh, getting into. But uh, for those of you who might want to call in, because we're going to be talking about Energize's side, mm-hmm. uh, the number here for you is 866-712-1300. And if you haven't heard about Energize's side, um, well, let's just think. Uh, if you were on the east side and your power went out this weekend, you might experience that more often if this project doesn't get through. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if Andy would agree with me there. Unfortunately, yes. Yes. So we're going to get into the depths of that in our next segment. And uh, super excited to have you on the show here with us, Andy. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. If you'd like to call into the show, now's your chance. It's 866-712-1300. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Home Street Bank. And I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, REMAX Metro Eastside. All right, and today we have Andy Wappler, the Vice President of Corporate Affairs for Puget Sound Energy, but here to talk to us about Energize East Side. Welcome, Andy. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah. Yes. So before we get into Energize East Side, yeah. can we just real quickly... I know you've sure. had, you've had a couple of major things <laughs> over the last week since before. Yeah. In fact, I was like, "Oh my gosh, is he even going to be able to make the show?" Absolutely, I wouldn't have missed it for the world. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's been an eventful time. Uh, first, on the electric side of our business, mm-hmm. and, and PSE is both an electric and a natural gas utility. Right? Mm-hmm. Some customers are both a lot in East Side of King County. Others, though, like if you live in the city of Seattle, you're a gas mm-hmm. customer. Uh, maybe also in Snohomish County, your gas yep. customer. Some places you're just electric. But anyway, we're both. We have had three major storms this month. Yeah. And and as I checked my watch, we're only halfway through the month. So mm-hmm. right. I guess we're on pace we're for right six. Smack in <laughs> the middle. That's significant <laughs> storms. Uh, that number is as amazing as all of your inventory and sales numbers. But we've had three large storms. And I'll tell you, a, a tip of the hard hat to our crews. On Sunday, we had the big windstorm came through. Sunday night, we had 200,000 customers out of power. Mm-hmm. By Monday night, we were down to 5,000. Oh, wow. wow. The last wow. couple of customers are coming in here today. And I'll tell you, I get it. We're out on social media. We're hearing from our customers. Too many outages, too many storms this year. We work on that every day. Our crews work on things like tree trimming and maintenance mm-hmm. and operations. But we certainly understand. Um, I'll tell you that... Um, the folks at PSE who fix the power or answer the phones, they would agree with our customers. Too many storms, enough already. Right. But yeah. Our crews don't go home till your lights are back on, and, and they really take pride in that. Yeah. They work hard. They work they do really work hard. hard and in some pretty dangerous conditions. It's dangerous. There's no doubt about it. And we really always want people to know when it comes to electricity, if that wire's down, consider it live and stay away. You know, I actually just shared on Facebook today a really cool video that you guys have, uh, there's, you, you think it's going to be something else in the ad because you watch some girl tweeting in her car yeah. or whatever the heck she's doing, um, you know, I am and she runs a guy off the road and he slams into a power pole 
And it's him then walking through the whole thing of being careful about not being electrocuted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and that whole charge. And I was it was a great video. It's a fun video and, and we've we're actually we're trending and we're viral. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm not sure what either of those things yeah. mean. But Normally but viral is something you need an ointment for or something. <laughs> right. It's not good. You know? <laughs> but if you, if you do, if you, if you Bing or Google PSE Powerline video, you'll find it. Yeah. I think we've had something like 10 million shares on Facebook. You can find video. me. Well, I'm one of them. And, and And I shared it, and I've seen at least three or four people off my feed. I have about 1,600 people on my feed, and several of them have already shared it. And everyone was like, oh, my gosh, I just learned something. It's I had no good, idea. And it's fun. You know, we tried to do it in a way that was kind of fun. Um, as opposed to, you know, mm-hmm. power line safety. Yeah. Right, right. Oh, yeah, the Typical fact that the guy starts singing, video. every day I'm shuffling. Yeah, I mean, exactly. that's hilarious. That's exactly <laughs> right. And he's doing, he's doing that line from that uh-huh. song because if the power line's down, you don't want to walk and take big steps. You want your feet close together. Mm-hmm. There you go. That reduces yeah. the chance of static building up and all that. But if you do find it online, it's the kind of thing you, you could look at it as a family. It's five minutes. It's funny. Mm-hmm. Or frankly, Share it at your next staff meeting at work. Yeah. yeah Everybody should know this. Yeah. You want your employees to be safe. Share it at work. Share it at home. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun. Uh, on the other side, not so fun this last week, uh, mm-hmm. there was the explosion in Greenwood. Yeah. Natural gas explosion. Yeah. And I'll tell you, um, a big thanks there to the firefighters. Oh, and, absolutely. And, and, you know, respect to them. Uh, nine firefighters were hurt. Fortunately, they were all um, out of the hospital that morning. Mm-hmm. And a couple actually were back on the scene. Right. Even though they're a little bumped around, but uh, you know, complete respect. Yeah, I was to them amazed and- that the the damage to to people was as low as it was. And I mean, I, I, I it was weird for me because I had just shared something else about respect for firefighters the day before. And now I feel like I can't share anything else because well, something might happen. Absolutely. But, and, but and then that happened. And it, the time of day, of course, obviously was part of it because that's one of the busier intersections it in is. that area. Although there's a little bit of a flip side. So this, if you weren't familiar with the story, last week, natural gas explosion uh, in a kind of a retail area in the mm-hmm. Greenwood neighborhood of Seattle, about Greenwood and 85th. Mm-hmm. Cool little kind of old-time oh, area yeah. of the city. Yeah, I used to eat at Mr. Euro all the time. Yeah, right mm-hmm. there. Right there where it was. And this gas explosion, it, it, investigation is still ongoing, but it looks like, uh, unfortunately, some external damage to some of the gas equipment out there. The, the mm-hmm. good thing about that is it doesn't look like we're having to, to look at and say, hey, is there something wrong with the system? Right. It looks like something had happened there. But I'm sure it, the people in the neighborhood would be happy to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go tonight to a Greenwood neighborhood meeting, and we'll talk about gas safety. Mm-hmm. But the thing we really want people to know is if you smell gas, leave. Yes. Right. Don't touch right. the light switch. Don't pick up the phone. Yeah. Leave. Yeah. Then call either 911 or call mm-hmm. us. And either the fire department comes or we come. The dispatcher calls us at the same time. So you make that call. It could save your life. And, of course, that natural gas smell is that rotten egg mm-hmm. smell. Uh, that you have to infuse in do. there because otherwise mm-hmm. it's – It's odorless. Yeah. And, and natural gas is actually the gas methane. Mm-hmm. It's, it's called natural gas because in the old days they used to make it out of coal, like in mm-hmm. places like Gasworks and they'd right. make coal. Right. So that was manufactured gas. Now it's natural gas made methane. That methane is odorless, so we put in that odorant, that rotten egg smell. Mm-hmm. And if you hear it, if you smell it, maybe there's a weird bubbling in a pool, you know, a, a puddle mm-hmm. in your driveway. Call us. It's what our crew. Oh, interesting. Do. Okay, I hadn't thought so about that. So there's three things. Okay. You can smell it. You might hear it. And you might right. also see something like bubbling in your driveway or, or why did that plant die and get weird? Well, it could be there's methane in the soil. Outside, methane is okay. pretty safe because it's lighter than the air, and right. it, it mm-hmm. rises and distributes. 
it's when it is leaking indoors or comes inside of a building from something broken close outside the building that it can be dangerous. Right. So, again, you leave and then you call. Don't touch that light switch. Don't Mm -hmm. pick up that phone. Any kind of charge. Any kind of a charge can do it. And in this case, um, it could be something as simple as maybe the furnace kicks on or something else kicks on. All of a sudden, there you go. Mm -hmm. Thankfully... The injuries were minor, but the damage is big. Yeah. You've got some small businesses there that yeah, are really going to be struggling yeah. really tough. But we want people to know about being safe. And, um, you know, thankfully, this this was not worse than it was. Right. Well, many right. thanks to your crews. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. These are brave people. I mean, whether it's mm-hmm. the fire department or our people, to actively go and look for a gas leak. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, you think about that for yeah. a moment. Oh, precisely. That's, that's the bomb squad. That's yeah. a dangerous thing Absolutely. to do. Yeah. Fire is one of the things I am most afraid of. And I just... Even lighting pilot lights in my house, I'm like, honey, yep. <laughs> please come do this. I'm afraid I'm going to blow things up. And that's even the sort of thing that, that our crews will come do for free. You oh, know, really? They, they will look at a furnace. They they don't do major furnace repair, but they could do small things. And they also can do things like pilot light relights and everything else. You know, I, and they I do yeah. Anytime, okay. Well, that's good for me to know free. considering I sell real estate and I have all kinds of people that have different varying levels of experience around yeah. things like this. So. Good to know. In fact, actually, um, one of my great clients, her husband works for PSC. So I've worked with several employees of PSC before. And uh, uh, shout out to Cliff Woodworth, uh, who's been pretty outstanding. Because I, I hear some of the fun stories about him working with clients. And actually, he's even referred some of his customers from PSC to me to work with on their homes. It's kind I'm of super. funny. But he's, 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 his customer service is great. And he's just Funny as all get out. I mean, he's got some of the best dry humor I've, I've heard in a long time, which I understand why his wife married him because he's, she's just cracking up all the time. <laughs> Not that that's the only measure of a man, I know, but still. <laughs> I'm just looking at you like, and? I know. You're like, yes. And I'm like, oh, I know. Now I'm probably red in the face. So <laughs> okay. So anyway, back to Energizing sure. side. So I want to describe what it is. I would love that. Yeah, for people who don't know. So. If you dial yourself back to 1960, mm-hmm. that was the last Before time. my time. Yeah. <laughs> four years before my time and, and anyone else who doesn't want to weigh in doesn't have to. <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can feel the silence from here. <laughs> but you dial yourself back to 1960 and that was the last time we upgraded the main electric transmission line that serves the east side. That's quite so, a while ago. Yeah. I mean you're, you're talking literally the Kennedy administration – yeah, um, that was millions of people ago. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you figure it back. And then that day, people would have said, the Beatles who? And yeah. a whole lot of other things we're familiar with here today. Right. So 1960, the last time we upgraded that line. Uh, so we've had this transmission line corridor actually since the 20s and 30s that runs from uh, the Willows Road area in the, the uh, north part of Redmond, right down the east side, down to Talbot Hill in Renton. Mm-hmm. That corridor has been there now. 90 years, and in 1960 was the last time that it got upgraded to a higher voltage and capacity. And if you live in that area, you'll see the corridor. It's it's um, two sets of wooden H-frames, about mm-hmm. 60, 65 feet high. Yes, I've seen them. where you are. <laughs> Three wires on each one, and there they go. Mm-hmm. There's also another power line that runs north to south on the east side that's actually a Seattle City light right. power line yeah. on another corridor mm-hmm. that's there. Um but 1960. So thinking about that, we now have eight times as many people on the east side as we did. There are actually more kids in Bellevue schools than people who lived in Bellevue in 1960. 
Oh, my so goodness. 20,000 students in Bellevue schools. Bellevue's population was 18,000 in 1960. Oh, wow. So if you've lived here a long time, mm-hmm. there you see that. And actually, I, I think about it. Uh, PSE's headquarters was built in the late 50s in Bellevue. It was a three- or four-story tall building, and it was the tall building in Bellevue for a long time. <laughs> right, right, right. It was there Northeast 4th. And Eric it probably remembers building. that. I do. And, I do, and actually. It, it, had, it was kind of a yellow building, big tree out in front. Yeah. It required a very And it fell down on the power line. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. It was built then with um, a variance to be the tallest building in Bellevue. Well, the two buildings on that spot now are two 40-story towers. It's where there's, I think, Purple Cafe and a few other restaurants and two beautiful condo buildings. It's just one of the ones. But it isn't just Bellevue. It's the rest of the suburbs. I remember I grew up uh, in this area. went to high school, Mercer Island. I remember when 520 stopped at 148th of the traffic light. Well, now it goes all the way to Redmond. You've got mm-hmm. the Microsoft campus out there, uh, Renton. You now have the landing and shopping in addition mm-hmm. to Boeing. You've got a hotel there. Well, and Boeing's been going crazy down there, too. Absolutely. I worked at Boeing in the early 90s mm-hmm. for a couple of years. They were talking then about maybe 14, 16, 737s mm-hmm. a month. Now they're pushing well out into the 40s. Oh, yeah. Different world all yeah, over. Yeah, getting close to 50. So we're looking at a 50-year-old power line and an area that has grown and is going to keep growing. And while energy efficiency is great, we are literally growing faster than we're saving. So we're talking about upgrading that power line to give you more reliability and more capacity for jobs and growth. And really, jobs and great jobs on the east side, that's what's driving those numbers you were talking about mm-hmm. with home sales. Oh, it's absolutely. People coming here for opportunity, we want to be able to support that. Yeah. So describe what, when you're talking about upgrading, what does that entail? Well, we might have to do that in the next segment because I think we have about 30 seconds. Po- well, we have 40. I don't think he can complain. I don't well, think now we have 30 it. seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I will after the break. Yeah, sure. let's do that. Yeah, when we come back. And remember, this is a live call-in show, so call us 866-712-1300. Just in case you didn't get free. that, 866-712-1300. Got a question? Call it in. 866-712-1300. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Thanks for being with us. This is Reba Hass with Team Reba at Remax Metro East Side. And Eric Osnes from Home Street Bank, Home Mortgage. Yeah, welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. So we still have with us Andy Wappler, the VP of Corporate Affairs from Puget Sound Energy. And before the break, Eric was starting to ask a couple questions, weren't you? Pick back up where we were at. Right. Well, I, I'm kind of actually looking for some some um, information on on this upgrade for the East Side corridor, and and what what that actually means. Are you talking about putting up you know new lines, new towers, new locations? You know, what does that all entail? Sure. And those are great questions. And those are the questions we're hearing from from people in the community. And I'll start by saying, when you say transmission line, immediately people think of that giant, mm-hmm. like, erector set thing that comes out of, like... Right, where your, your hair stands up, you know, b- below yeah. it. Well, <laughs> well if you Okay, have here hair. they come, here it comes, <laughs> right. Yeah. You knew I think it. the phrase just walked into I used that to one. have it, but I gave myself a propane haircut years ago, so... There you go. That's right. Well, people, when they hear transmission line, they think two things. They think those giant erector set monsters that come out of, like, a Grand Coulee Dam not what right. this is. They also tend to think, hey, that must be for sending power a long ways to someplace far away. Mm-hmm. And in this case, we're not talking about those 
gigantic monsters. director set monsters. And we're also not talking about power a long ways away. This is really about a local problem. And mm-hmm. so we're going to go from, and this is electricity, we're going to go from the current line, which is 115 kV, which is kind of a, a lower rated line, and that's just a measure of how much power it can transmit, to 230 kV or kilovolts. So a good portion of the east side has this 230 kV line. Today, in fact, is a line that comes down from the north out to the Willows Road area, goes east out of the Sammamish Plateau, Mm -hmm. and then back to Renton. If you picture sort of a backwards C shape over the east side, Mm -hmm. this line goes around Lake Sammamish and then back to Renton. Well, where we don't have that upgraded line today is right along that 405 corridor. And that's where the most growth is. Right. So the smallest, lowest capacity line is where the most energy use and the most growth is. What we'll do on that line then is put in new poles. They'll be a little taller than the poles that are there now. Now the poles average about 60, 65 feet. We're probably looking at someplace around 80 for most of it. But I actually brought, um, because it's a radio interview, I brought pictures. Oh, awesome. Yeah, which oh, makes yeah. a lot of sense. <laughs> cool. But I'll do a test with this man on the street here, Reba. <laughs> Um, here's the here's the line today, and you can see this this is a simulation here on Somerset. Okay. So here's the line today. Hmm. Where is it? See I see some view. trees. I see some nice houses. That house needs gutters. That house. <laughs> Maybe a new but roof they, while you're at it. <laughs> there's your view at the top, Eric. There's your view after. Okay, so Let we me. got the before and the after. And uh, if you can ever send us these, we can always post them on the blog sure. too to Glad go along to. with the. Uh, Interview, Andy. I see very little difference here. I, I see you've got uh, uh, the poles are a little bit new, but they're the same height. And uh, I'd argue the new ones are a little more, a little, a little nicer looking than the old ones. And uh, I don't really see much of a difference here at all. Well, I've heard that you guys have actually been working with neighborhoods based on feedback because some poles are going to go down and some are going to go up based on what the neighborhoods have been. That's for. right. And, and so I, it really depends on where you happen to be. And I, I put this picture over here to Reba, too. So here's here's the existing line today. And you can mm-hmm. see this is a view from Somerset. There it is mm-hmm. in the future. Right. Not, not much not a lot of difference. And here's a view I'm showing Eric of uh, in the Bridal Trails area. Oh, I recognize that neighborhood. Okay. So so really you're going from maybe one row of, of, of wires to a, you know two or three rows of, of wires. We've got two sets today of it's three wires. It's Three-phase current, so each line electrically has three wires. Right. Uh, that's the extent of my knowledge of, of electricity. Okay. <laughs> but we're going from one pair of three on a two-legged wooden pole, side-by-side, side, turns sure. to either a single double pole. The big point to me is this has been the corridor for about 90 years. And as we worked with our community advisory group, which was all of 2014, they landed on the idea of, okay, we get the need. You should probably put it where the corridor has been. Mm-hmm. And then if you're nearby, you will likely have fewer poles near you. And while they're a little taller, they're farther apart. So kind of a trade-off. Right. Um, and in some cases, like in bridal trails, one of the things we heard from people was that height didn't matter as much because they have a lot of trees. They're not right. a view neighborhood. Right. Uh, but fewer poles near my backyard, that did matter. Right. And to your point about being able to customize a bit, mm-hmm. in the Somerset area, it is a view neighborhood. It's a hill. Right. Mm-hmm. So there, it was much more of a concern of make it as close to the existing height as you can. We're less mm-hmm. concerned about the number of poles. We're concerned about height. 
So bridal trails, very woody, not Mm -hmm. really a view neighborhood in that sense. Mm Mm-hmm. So fewer make poles. Them, make them fewer right. poles and taller. Farther apart. Got it. Yeah. We really have an ability well, to this do must, a lot of that. You know, because you want to put the cost as much as possible into actually doing the lines, too. And the thing is, is most people don't realize that if you were to have to get other areas, there'd be even more cost associated because you'd have to be dealing with more easements. You'd have to be dealing with buying a property. I mean, this is already going to be an expensive project. It is. And it would go up multifold. And I know some people were saying, well, why can't we put it underground? Oh, my gosh. If you want to put 25 times more cost on it, put it underground. It's much more expensive underground. And the other thing that's funny about the utility business that's that's very different than other businesses, we we are regulated by the state. Mm -hmm. And in most businesses, if you could decrease your cost, you're going to make more money. Mm-hmm. Utility business is different. The regulatory model incents us to make sure the infrastructure can serve the customer. Mm-hmm. And you think about that a little bit in broadband today where people say, hey, it isn't coming to the small town. Well, mm-hmm. that's because the broadband might not see enough customers there. Right. They're not regulated the same way. Because electricity is essential, the regulation is designed to make sure everybody gets quality service. So as the utility, we balance the ability to do that with we also know that people are sensitive to how how big the bill is. Right. That's where the overhead is probably the right solution. The other funny thing with undergrounding is in addition to being expensive, you actually are very disruptive. Mm -hmm. If you undergrounded transmission lines, you're taking out potentially more trees than Mm -hmm. if it's overhead because the roots go as far as the branches. Yeah, right, exactly. So you have to do that. You also need access vaults about every half mile. So underground... Repair work would also be very challenging. Much more, yes. And you really have a different set of impacts there. In addition to the cost, mm-hmm. you have a different set of impacts. But we do want to continue to work to do what we can to make it um, fit where it's going to be. And really, mm-hmm. ultimately, I think that's why being our community advisory group is very strong in saying you should probably try to be where there's already infrastructure today. Right. Makes sense. So, Andy, what would happen if uh, this upgrade were not completed, did not go through. Ah, that's the fun part. Yeah, it's a great question. And so what's driving it? Well, it's really the fact that this 50-year-old system is reaching its capacity. And capacity simply means the ability to deliver enough energy Mm -hmm. to the users. And it's a little bit like if you went to, like, the Seahawks parade. And remember, everybody tried to get on their Mm -hmm. phone. They wanted to tweet their friends. Nobody could connect. Right. Mm -hmm. Because the cell system didn't have the capacity for that number of users. That's essentially what you're looking at here electrically sometime in the 2018 time period. So not far from now. Yeah. Where as demand, I've heard even possibly as early as 2017, it, depending it, on when a bunch of projects come online. It depends on the, uh, what's built. It also mm-hmm. depends then on the weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, our peak use here is on cooler winter days, although our planning standard is for 23-degree days at SeaTac, mm-hmm. which is colder than average. The coldest in December and January is 33, 34. But it's a temperature we reach every other year or so. Mm-hmm. So we're not planning for the ice age. Right. We're talking about colder winter days every couple of years when we all wake up in the morning, want a hot shower, want the coffee pot, want mm-hmm. the furnace on. But if we don't build this, you're over capacity. And, and through federal regulations, and we have, we have a lot of them at the utility, right. you, if you know you're going to be over capacity, you actually then have to start doing rolling blackouts. Right. Which people I know who've moved up here from California are very familiar with those and are not looking forward to the idea of having to live through them again because it's extremely uh, difficult. And if you're a business owner, 
just truly impacts. It, it's bad news all around. I was, when I was a kid, we lived for a couple of years in New York, and it would happen on the hot summer days. We'd yeah. have brownouts right. or blackouts, yeah. and, and it was terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just didn't work. And while we don't have that here in the summer, although the the air conditioners are catching up with the furnaces in yeah. western Washington. Oh, yeah. Um, I bought some uh, portables. I bought two portables for my mm-hmm. house last year, and I see more mini splits being put and yes. heat pumps and whatnot put into homes right now. So what has traditionally been only about 10% of the housing here, more of the new construction has it built in, or at least the option is given That's right, for right. that. So there's going to be more draw in the summer. And when we hit 90-plus, you bet your mama that that's going to be on. Yeah. And we are certainly counting on conservation, energy efficiency, to be a big part of meeting this demand. Mm-hmm. But it was interesting. One of the independent reports actually done by the city of Bellevue, uh, they heard from citizens who are concerned about the project. Do we really need it? Now, to some degree to me, I think you can say yes just by, frankly, doing the windshield survey. Right. Yeah, go but, look at how many cranes are up. <laughs> you know, if, if folks don't feel that, I, I understand that. So they asked the city of Bellevue, could, could you do a study and validate what PSC is saying? And the city of Bellevue did came out last year, it validated it. One of the things that that study said was PSE's counting on energy efficiency too much in the future. Hmm. And we're, we have great customers here. They do energy efficiency mm-hmm. at a level that most people in the country don't do. Yeah, right? absolutely true. But we simply can't save our way out of the problem. It will help us. It will help us both economically, environmentally, and everything else. It will also help extend the life that this line can continue to serve. And we mm-hmm. expect it would be at least 20 years. But it's not an answer at the moment. Okay. Well, maybe I should feel really good that we have very dim lights here in the studio today. Yeah, I know. I was going <laughs> to ask you about your guessing We're not PSE, though. We're maybe sitting you can kind of help us out on this, Andy. <laughs> we have, like, very, very dim lights in the studio. We have right our own brown out here in the studio today. Good thing it's beautiful outside with open windows. <laughs> well, you know, and, and the, the energy efficiency thing, we're all about we're all about that. And I don't know, as as, uh, as someone, um, you know, as a homeowner, I, I, I look at the electric bill, and I, and I look at that comparison from mm-hmm. – you know, how did I do last month? How yeah. did I do last year compared to this year? And it's looking mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. I've switched to LED lighting yep. pretty yep. much mm-hmm. you know, throughout the house. house. CFLs and I even, LEDs. Uh, I like those so much. I switched to my LED on my car, like my headlights. Oh, my gosh. And your those motorcycle. Are, those are frighteningly bright. Yeah, the folks that I'm following. I'm sure they love you. Yeah, they, they All those Prius, you're behind. Priuses. Prius-ing it. Yeah. What's interesting, though, that tends to happen, though, is a bit yeah. of what's called the take-back effect. So mm-hmm. you feel so good about your lighting. And the same thing for me. Mm-hmm. Most of our house sure. is LED. Now i got a bigger TV. <laughs> That's and right. And I'm plugging in more stuff. So it, it's it's a tough battle. Figuring out that balance. You know, so you got to look at your bill, though, and, and, and kind of see how that's yeah. doing compared well, to Well, I always uh, feel good because I have a 3,000, just a little over 3,000 square foot house. And I get that comparison report because I'm on PSE mm-hmm. uh, down in Renton. And my bill is the same or less than a lot of my neighbors. And most of the homes around me are 2,400 or less square feet. So I feel pretty good about that. That's excellent. When we come back, more with Andy Wappler from Puget Sound Energy and the Energize East Side Project. Stay tuned. Open House has open phone lines. Give us a call at 866-712-1300. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba Remax Metro Eastside. And Eric Ostens from Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. Yes, and we're still here with 
Andy Wappler, Vice President of Corporate Affairs at Puget Sound Energy, talking about Energize East Side. And uh, I just want to make sure if anybody who's listening wants to start looking online for some of this, we were just getting some of your uh, your digits, so to speak, yep. on the break. Um, so, of course, if it's normal Puget Sound Energy uh, business that you've got, PSE.com, which I'm sure a lot of people know. But there's actually, surprise, surprise, Energize East Side is EnergizeEastSide.com. That was as clever as we could get with a URL. You know, don't don't confuse them, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. Well, because I got to say, your Twitter handle is kind of funny because it's PSE Talk. Yes. And it was. I, it took me a little while to find you guys. <laughs> Somebody, <laughs> on Twitter. I, think so, I, I literally think there's an archery company that's also called PSE, and they started first. Uh, Although I will tell you, I I actually did PSE's first tweet in 2009. I'm very well, proud of all of you. Very wow. good. And social has been a great thing for us, especially during storms. Yes. Because, yeah. you know, you may not have your TV, but you got your smartphone. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if you are out there and you want information, PSE Talk on Twitter or on Facebook, uh, we try and go almost 24-7 on those platforms during storms. Yep. Uh, we also have a new outage app, which has a map. can give you some outage information. You can report yes. your app. You can port your outage. Actually, all that, so. I saw people doing that in this last storm. Yeah. Because uh, I was on Twitter, you know, I get all my uh, tweets coming through on my little iPad and on my phone, and so I was seeing a bunch of different things flying around, and um, those things between utility companies and um, transit, those in particular have done really, really well in social media because, you know, what we even find in real estate is seventy percent of even home searching is done on a mobile device, so tablets, smartphones, anything like that. Uh, that's just where everybody seems to be going. And there's people who don't even have computers now because they just use their phone. We're, yeah. we're, we're much more like um, Japan was probably 10 years ago that where everyone was really on a mobile device. And now we're kind of finally that direction. And it really works for us during storms because you, you may not have the TV or something mm-hmm. else. But you have exactly. your phone. You can charge it in the car, all of that. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, the website, the EnergizeEastSide.com website, um, I should mention you can also get from there – there's a separate website for the, the EIS, the Environmental Impact Statement. So just – I'll talk for a little bit about the public process mm-hmm. for all this. Yeah. Um, we came out and t- we announced the project 2013. We then in 2014 had this community advisory group. We had um, some environmental groups as part of it, business groups, civic. We had neighborhoods. We had big neighborhood events to get people to come out. Really important to give people a chance to learn about it and also mm-hmm. to weigh in. That's where we learned some things like – Bridal trails was more okay with taller if it meant fewer. Mm-hmm. Somerset, make them as short as you can. We got that feedback from customers. Still chance for people to have more feedback. The environmental impact statement, we we love our process in Washington. We know yes. that. I was going to say this is really long. It is really long, but it's a good thing. This last year, the first part of this EIS, environmental impact statement, was about what are all the alternatives. Mm-hmm. If you did nothing, what happens? Well, unfortunately – that's the rolling blackout scenario. Right. Um, what would happen? What are the impacts if you build and rebuild on that corridor? What are the impacts and potentials for maxing out on conservation or solar panels? What would mm-hmm. that be like? They considered a lot of different alternatives. They even considered what would it be like to build a new power plant someplace on the east side. Hmm. That was this first part. And the comment period for that just wrapped up. But that means there's part two. And part two is if you're going to build a power line Tell us what you think about the proposed routes and everything mm-hmm. else. 
And that process is just going to be getting underway here in April. Um, the city, Bellevue is the lead agency, but all five cities, Renton, Newcastle, Redmond, and Kirkland are involved in this process. You know, Newcastle is really just North Renton, right? Is that what you call it there? There you go. <laughs> they don't like us Ooh, to say that. <laughs> no, I've got some unhappy listeners right now. But we want people to be involved in that. And if you go to, if you go to our site, you can go to the um, EIS-specific mm-hmm. website, and, and that's the government agencies running that. That's not right. us. But that's where you can learn about their public meetings, how to get in comments, how to do all that. It's important that people participate. Right. Uh, you know, that public voice is important. You know, we're not just building this somewhere. We're building it where we serve mm-hmm. customers. Right. And we're building it for those customers. So, so folks, you know, weigh in and be involved. I give huge credit to your organization. I mean, as, as someone involved in the chamber, I've sat in at least three meetings where this has been something brought to a different portion of the chamber, whether it's uh, someone did a presentation to our board or they did a presentation to our business development committee, uh, to the Renton downtown. I mean, they have done tremendous outreach, uh, which was one of the reasons why I thought, you know, we, we've got to get you. I want to help get mm-hmm. that word out because, you know, I've been on um, legislative tours where they were talking about transportation, but just driving around uh, all around King County and looking at the growth that was projected and all the projects that were going on, particularly on the east side, it, it's just absolutely clear. If you if you get outside your own city borders, you see the, the absolute need for this, and it's not contained to one area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's all these cities really need to come together uh, to to make this happen because we're all going to be impacted. Well, and I yes. think it's important for people to weigh in and. and I'll do a little quick myth busting, if I could, mm-hmm. for a minute. Yeah, you know, we, we have we have folks who are opposed to it. That's that's understandable. That's part mm-hmm. of today. One of the things they say is that there's no need, and they say they've done a load study, meaning a forecast of need that there won't be need. In fact, their studies say we should use the current line until 2058. Well, <laughs> oh, I, oh my, sorry. I, I guess that <laughs> oh, I guess that means we should be planning a hundredth birthday party for the line yeah. and not an upgrade. Well, we don't agree with that for a lot of reasons. Yeah, they've also said this is about selling power to Canada. It's not. It's about right here. Yeah. They've also said, well, what you need to do is turn on more power plants in the region. Well, that's a little like saying there's no milk at the store, more cows on the farm. Right. Now, the problem here isn't the cows on the farm. The problem is the delivery to the store. Mm-hmm. This is truly a last-mile problem. Right. There's plenty of electricity in the region. There's not enough of a pathway to get it to this super-fast-growing area from Renton all the way to Bellevue. Well, and That's we, it. when you look at the firms that are moving here and expanding here from other areas, power is absolute need you know for what they're going to be trying to put into all these office towers and buildings that are the spring district alone you know it's going to be bringing what twenty thousand jobs to just that one little area and well, that's we, we estimate for the east side as a whole mm-hmm. um residences will grow by a third in the mm-hmm. next 20 years this is actually the puget sound regional council yeah. but residences by a third employment by 70 percent yeah and and certainly you know, we were talking about home values and so people sh- are moving here i just read something the other day 95 percent of tech jobs are being filled by people from out of area yeah. they're not even homegrown Which so they're, they're moving here that people want to come here but and it gets to the one thing too really i think related to homes that i should mention is the home value and people will yeah. say, hey, if you build that line and I'm near it, my home value will plummet. I, I don't think that's true. Uh, I think it's not true for a couple of reasons. One, 
90% of the homes along the proposed route or the existing corridor right. were built after it was a power line corridor. Right. And, and folks bought those homes. Mm-hmm. The other yeah, really, they're all over in Kirkland. Right. And really, while you might get a buyer who says, you know, I, I don't want that home because of that line, as you talked about, there isn't inventory out there. Mm-hmm. So it might not be right for one buyer. But there's right someone else. There's absolutely someone else. And there are just so many factors when it comes to why you pick a home. I know when I bought mm-hmm. homes, there's different things to different people. There's something some person loves about a home, another person sees and goes, showstopper. Right. Absolutely. So I think to pinpoint down to one issue, I think that's narrow and really doesn't represent the diverse reasons people buy a home or, mm-hmm. or don't buy a home. Right. I so, Andy, what, you. what's your best estimate of, of the, the cost for this project? Right now, and since we haven't built it, uh, someplace around $250 million. Okay. So it is a major piece of infrastructure, but it's 18 miles. It serves about 400,000 people today, about 600,000 in the future. It's a big chunk of the infrastructure in the area. Sure. When you look, though, at the potential dampening effect on our economy of if we have to have things like rolling blackouts, that's an enormous cost. How does that break out to individual rate payers? It would likely be a rate increase of less than 1%. When we build a project, it is something that all of our customers, all Mm -hmm. 1.1 million pay for, simply because we all benefit from a better grid. So it isn't the case that Renton pays if it's in Renton. We're all in this together economically, electrically, environmentally, you name it. Absolutely. Okay, no, we wouldn't well, want North Renton to have brownouts and Bellevue to not have brownouts. <laughs> I know. I'm surprised we didn't get yeah. a phone call about that. Yeah. We'd like to keep everybody's lights on. We had that yes. experience in the storm. So. Yes, absolutely. Okay, well, once again, for listeners, if you want to learn more about this, go to EnergizeEastSide.com. And uh, we would uh, want to thank you again for being be here. here. We really appreciate it, Andy. And uh, if you have any questions after the fact, send us a uh, Message at info at teamreba.com. Thanks for listening Join to us Open next week. Yeah, thanks for listening to Open House with Team Reba. Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at re slash Max Metro East Side on Facebook or email info at teamreba.com. Join us again next Tuesday at 3 for more Open House with Team Reba here on Business Radio 1300 KKOL. Program sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Home Street Bank Home Mortgage.